Welcome to Bullshit Free Witchcraft, a podcast I'm apparently still doing. I'm your host, Trey, and this is your unfiltered look at modern witchcraft. I know I said in the first episode that I would try to keep the show from getting too Wicca-heavy, but the fact is the largest faction of practicing witches out there are, are Wiccans, and how it got started is kind of important. So with that in mind, this episode is going to cover the the basic history, or at least early history, of Wicca. Now, I want to be clear. I'm going to leave a lot of stuff out of this. Frankly, there are a lot of details which, while interesting, would make this episode so long I would never get through it. There are a lot of solid, detailed histories out there, like Margaret Adler's Drawing Down the Moon, which can fill in some of these gaps... Uh, but this podcast tries to keep things about a half hour long, so we're going to skip a few spots that are, at least I think, are less important. So let's just jump in. This is not an ancient story. In fact, it's it's not that old at all. And we, we begin with a guy named Gerald Gardner. Gardner li- literally is just some guy. But he's also the entire reason anyone ever became a Wiccan. Because, well, he's the guy who founded the religion. Now, Gardner claimed that his form of witchcraft was a quote-unquote modernization of an ancient tradition spawning back to prehistoric times, like Margaret Murray, Great White Wicca Witch Cult stuff. And this is, of course, patently untrue, but hey, the man can sell it. Gardner was born in 1884 to a well-off family from Lancashire, England. He spent most of his youth out of the country in Madeira, as uh, the cold of Lancashire aggravated his asthma. He, he was largely raised by a nursemaid, and when she married and moved to colonial Ceylon, better known today as Sri Lanka, in 1900, he went with. In, in 1911, he relocated to British Malaya, and while he enrolled in the local volunteer militia, he pretty much sat out the First World War. When his rubber plantation failed that he was, you know, running, he ended up becoming a rubber plantation inspector for the government in 1923. In 1926, he moved to a government position monitoring shops selling opium in British Malaya. And, uh, well, let's just say he took a lot of bribes in that job, most people think, and made a small fortune. When his father became ill, Gardner uh, began to get more interested in spiritualism, folklore, and archaeology. Uh, He also married his wife Donna at this time, and eventually, at her urging, they moved back to England. Now, it was really in the late 1930s that, that he went all in on the occult, and he bounced between groups and various paths, trying Rosicrucianism, Freemasonry, but not really getting settled down until he ran into a group of witches in New Forest, England. According to Gardner, they claimed to be an ancient group. They weren't. And that they had known Gardner in a past life. Also doubtful. Some have doubted the existence of this group, but more recent historians uh, seem to have verified its existence. Uh, Just, you know, not exactly as Gardner necessarily described. Importantly, though, what they practice is not Wicca. Um, it's believed that they were trying to recreate the the Murray witch cult, which again never really existed in the first place. And whether or not Gardner knew that what they were doing was a recreation, or 
whether he thought what they did was doing was a complete uh, <laughs> unbroken lineage back to an ancient tradition. We don't know what he knew and didn't know in that case. Uh, now, the New Forest Coven was led by a woman named Dorothy Clutterbuck, often referred to as Old Dorothy. And Gardner was initiated by Edith Woodford Grimes, who he would refer to as Daffo. Uh, Gardner stayed with the New Forest group for some time, and one of the more notable rituals he was involved with was something called Operation Cone of Power, where they cast a spell to stop Germany from invading the UK during World War II. Now, whether or not this spell was actually a factor, I don't know. I'm not going to have that debate. Eventually, Gardner would leave this group in 1946 and go on to found a new coven in Bricketwood with Daffo. Uh, Daffo served as high priestess alongside Gardner as high priest, and this is really where Wicca got started. I should also mention, and this is kind of an aside, in May of 1947, Gardner met and became friends with well-known douchebag and all-around jackass Aleister Crowley. Gardner joined the Ordo Templi Orientis, and upon Crowley's death in December of 47, he declared himself head of the European OTO. Uh, his tenure only lasted a few years, though, as he left the post in 1951. In, in Bricketwood, Gardner, he didn't like the way New Forest had done things, and his whole thing was he wanted to adapt and change the group to suit his vision of witchcraft. Part of that vision, though, was going public, and, and Daffo wasn't really fond of the idea. I mean, it was mid-20th century, going around and yelling, I'm a witch, wasn't exactly the smartest play. Gardner, in an attempt to spread his vision of witchcraft, included a fictional version in his novel High Magic's Aid in 1949, and he began working on a book, a non-fiction book, describing the craft. And that was the straw that broke the camel's back. So in 1952, Daffo got the heck out of Dodge, or at least the Bricketwood Coven. And that, that's where things get interesting. It's time we talked about a figure as important in this story as Gardner himself, Doreen Valiente. Born in 1922, Valiente served as a translator at Bletchley Park during World War II. She got married a couple times and lived a fairly interesting life. While she said she cast her first spell at the age of 13, she really didn't get into occultism until she was an adult having gotten hold of the notebooks and ritual items of a recently deceased doctor who was a member of a splinter group of the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn called Alpha et Omega. She started practicing magic with a friend who she referred to as, uh... Zerky. <laughs> Sorry, I had to make sure I was saying that right. In search of more and more materials, she ended up reading an article which mentioned Cecil Williamson of the Folklore Center of Superstition and Witchcraft in the Isle of Man. She wrote to him in 1952, and Williamson put Valiente in contact with Gerald Gardner. Doreen Valiente would be initiated into the Bricketwood Coven in 1953. 
Valiente became the coven's high priestess and started to help rework the whole damn thing with Gardner. She cut much of the Crowley-influenced bull malarkey and completely rewrote the charge of the goddess from scratch. As she got involved around the same time that Gardner introduced the idea of a Book of Shadows, this ended up being the version of things that got written down. This is the moment where Wicca really became Wicca and the religion we know today. And Valiente was its co-architect. Gardner finally published his non-fiction book on Wicca in 1954 titled Witchcraft Today. In it, Gardner claimed he wasn't a witch himself, but instead just an anthropologist. It's not really the best researched book, and it spread the myth of the nine million witches were killed in the witch hunts. The Burning Times! Uh, where estimates really put that number between 40 to 100,000. Still, you know, a tragedy, but not the tragedy. Margaret Murray actually wrote the introduction to the book for Gardner. It's not worth actually digging up today for its content, but um, it's important historically because this was the first nonfiction book put out uh, in reference to the religion that would be, they referred to as witchcraft at the time and we refer to as Wicca now. Valiente's membership in the Bricketwood Coven was short-lived, though, as she and a number of other members exited the group in 1957. Gardner had tried to enforce the what the quote-unquote Wiccan laws or Ardanes on the group and claimed they came from some ancient text. Valiente was pretty sure that Gardner had just sort of made them up, though, and was a bit sick of it. Before this time, the group had just referred to what they practiced as witchcraft and nothing else. But that was starting to change, too. Uh, Gardner started to refer to the Bricketwood group as a quote-unquote Gardnerian coven and practitioners of the craft as the Wicca, with one, one C, not two. He never used the word Wicca, W-I-C-C-A, but that name would eventually stick. And Gardner, Gardner passed in 1964. But boy, did this stuff spread. So as I said earlier, starting in the 50s, Gardner decided he wanted to go public. He published a few books and pretty much told everyone he could about his new old religion. Suddenly, across England, people started claiming their often conveniently already deceased grandmothers or aunts had actually initiated them into branches of this, again, never existing, ancient path. Charles Cordell was one of these people, and in many respects, he's not really super important. But he is, notably, the one who ended up coining the term Wicca, which comes from the Old English word for witch. So that's that's how the Old English word got revived and repronounced, because in the Old English it should be pronounced Witcha. But that's just me pulling hairs. To, to really understand how ridiculous some of these ancient claims were, um, Alexander Sanders, uh, founder of Alexandrian Wicca, claimed that everything in his Book of Shadows came from his grandmother, which sure was a shock to Doreen Valiente, who pointed out in a 1989 interview that she had seen the Alexandrian Book of Shadows 
and it literally contained things that she had written herself, like that she had come up with. And to claim that it was ancient was patently ridiculous. And now the world of Wicca was small at the start. And even those who started disconnected tried to tie themselves into gardener's practice. These covens and groups that all have a direct connection to Gardner or Gardner's original, either the New Forest or Bricketwood Coven. Uh, these are referred to as tr British traditional Wicca. Uh, originally British traditional witchcraft, but kind of switched to saying British traditional Wicca. But either way, it's often just abbreviated as BTW. And while these groups started out as the only members of Wicca, eventually another kind of Wiccan would arise. The Independent Solitary. Initially, Wicca was largely group-based, or at least performed by people with direct connections to those groups. This wouldn't remain the status quo for long, though. As more and more books were being published, naturally more people were getting interested in becoming Wiccans themselves. You see, while Gardner preached coven secrecy, as previously mentioned, he also wanted to tell just everyone about it. I mean, what good is it being one of the cool kids if no one knows about it. People gotta know. There were also those in the community who didn't think that membership to the club should be so exclusive. And some witches began to publish self-initiation and self-dedication rituals. With that, suddenly anyone could become a Wiccan witch without ever having met another member of the faith. One of those people advocating self-dedication rights was Doreen Valiente herself, in her 1978 book, Witchcraft for Tomorrow, she included a self-initiation ritual. When questioned by critics, she often responded with the rhetorical, well, who initiated the first witch? With so many books and an easy entry point, especially in the United States and Australia, people began to assemble their own traditions from scratch, incorporating their own local folklore and traditions into Wicca. This eclectic form of Wicca led to new covens, and more importantly, solitary practitioners. While the idea of a solitary practice hadn't been unheard of, it really took off with these new Wiccans. If you couldn't find other people who wanted to practice the same form of Wicca as you, you didn't have to. If you couldn't find other Wiccans in your area, that was fine. You literally could just go and do it yourself. Eventually, eclectic solitary practice would end up becoming the dominant form of Wicca. And that's where we're leaving it today. It's uh, been an interesting journey. And there's, there's more, and we'll get to that in later episodes... But the next episode of Bullshit Free Witchcraft won't be here for a couple of weeks. As we're now shifting from this these first couple of these first couple of weeks, we've been releasing every episode every week, but it's a monthly podcast and so we're not going to be back till October 27th, uh, 2018 if you're listening to this in the future, and which then it doesn't matter because you just have the next episode sitting there and stuff. So, you know, 
But that episode on October 27th is going to be a special episode. Um, I'll have a guest in the virtual studio, and it's it's going to be with Samhain and Halloween in mind. It's it's really going to be fun. Bullshit Free Wick Craft is supported by listeners like you. If you would like to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash T-R-A-E-G-O-R-N and pledge to support the show. If you would like to follow this show or me specifically on social media, you can find me on Twitter at twitter.com slash T-R-A-E-G-O-R-N You can follow me on Tumblr at tregorn.tumblr.com. And finally, the show does have a Facebook page at facebook.com slash bsfreewitchcraft. Censored the swear. Like I do in the URL. Remember, you can always subscribe to the show at bsfreewitchcraft.trhonline.com. And anything you can find a podcast can subscribe to this podcast. You can find subscription information there. Music in this episode was composed by myself, along with some stock music, and more details can be found in the show notes at bs3witchcraft.trhonline.com. If you'd like to contact the show or have anything you'd like to add, you can also go to that website and click on the contact form, and maybe, if I like what you have to say, I'll read it on the show. Or invite you on, so you can tell me how wrong I am sometimes. But, you know, we both know I'm right. Except for when I'm not. As always, I still don't know how I end the show. <laughs> so, uh, let's just say... Um, imperialism is bad. Witchcraft is rad. Booyah. Kasha. I'm not saying that one ever again. But, I mean, the sentiment's not terrible, though, I don't think. Meh. Because if you go back into the history of witchcraft, like, so the New Forest Coven, the, the pre-Wicca coven that uh, Gerald Gardner was in, that mm-hmm. claimed to be thousands of years old, but was really probably about 30, uh, the... Uh, the, a, a trend the, a, a trend is emerging dur- during world <laughs> war ii they did this like apparently tried to do like a ritual against the nazis but they did it sky clad in the winter in oh england and outside <laughs> oh without like any sort of like whale fat or whatever and like literally like uh two to three of the members of the coven ended up dying of pneumonia oh my god <laughs> i'm not kidding i'm like it's like if if the the question is can witchcraft be dangerous? It's like yes, if you're really yes. stupid, like <laughs> don't leave a don't leave a candle burning alone in a in a room, or you will set your place on fire. Well, I it's, mean, it's funny that one of my popular most popular posts on Tumblr is my tip to new witches, where I say wear a ponytail. Yeah. Because the only reason why I never lit my hair on fire, because I had long hair when I started, you know, in in the 90s, because I used to have, you know, it was the 90s. Uh, I never lit my hair on fire. Only because (laughs) I saw my sister do it. 
Oh, yeah. Learning from other people's mistakes. I got you. Yeah. No, I know that one. it's the, the, the smell of burnt hair will never, never leave my nose. 